While you were folding episode 60, Coronavirus Chronicles, Boundaries, Two Weeks In. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Are Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things and my real imperfect life. I've been a wife for 11 years and a mother for 10. I won't pretend to be an expert. I will talk about the ups and downs, ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Loving Father, it's time for some brutal honesty. And I don't think there's a better place to be brutally honest than in prayer. Tonight, I feel like a grumbly Israelite. I read about them in the Bible being tired and hot and hungry and tired of manna in the desert. And I feel like that right now, cooped up in the house and launched into whatever you want to call it, distance education, trying to manage all of our kids' schoolwork from their school and not getting to go out of the house and having a husband who's a doctor and being afraid of all of that and blah, 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 blah. So I feel like a grumbly Israelite right now. And I imagine a lot of the listeners can identify with that. Tonight is just the end of a really long day. And I'm grateful for this creative outlet, this chance to come down here and share where I am with things right now. But more than anything, I just want to enter into this time of recording and prayer as a chance to ask for some grace to say, I'm on empty, I'm running on fumes. And God, I need you. I need you to fill me up. I need you to put my priorities into check. I listened to the Lanky Guys podcast last week. I've mentioned it on this podcast before, and they have given me a thought that I keep coming to over and over and over again in my days. And they said that the coronavirus, the word corona, meaning crown, is something for us to think about. And God, I I have to admit this whole experience has forced me to think long and hard about what are the things that I'm putting a crown on above you? What am I crowning above you? What are the things that you're asking me to let go of or to change my priorities around? And I, I need your help in letting go of some of those things. This has been a time of discomfort and I'm learning that I'm not very good at discomfort. And I think more than the discomfort, I'm also just not good at uncertainty. And I'm not good at not being in control. And I'm asking you to let go of my grip on my life. To trust that you're God and I'm not. And to give me peace and trust in knowing that. So I in all of these jumbled thoughts, just turn all of it over to you. 
I love you and I need you right now. And I know a lot of our listeners need you too. I pray all these things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, listeners, <laughs> did my opening prayer give you an inkling into how I'm doing? I feel like my opening prayer was maybe a little darker or uh, sounding more desperate than I intended, but tonight just happens to be the end of what was a long day. Nothing earth shattering or horrible happened. It's just been, uh, I think, just the reality of my husband, Philip, the pediatrician, he's still working full time and it has been emotionally and physically draining to be on 24-7 without a break around here. So I'm feeling it tonight, but all in all, we are doing okay. And holy cow, compared to other parts of the country, other parts of the world, compared to what other families are going through right now with jobs and what they're having to juggle, we, big picture, we are going to be just fine. So I appreciate all of you reaching out and sharing your well wishes and prayers, especially for Philip being in healthcare right now. It's kind of a scary time. Um, but since last week I recorded that web, that episode and I shared about our schedule and how things are going and several of you said that it was helpful. So I'm so glad to hear that. I hope that it was somehow encouraging and helping you to bring some routine to your day, not a schedule. We're not sticking to the clock right now because we know that we are letting a lot of things go, but to have some sort of structure, some sort of routine to our days is hopefully helpful for you. This week, I am really learning the importance of boundaries. So I thought that I would share about just the things that I'm learning on the job. And I had already learned a lot about that being a stay-at-home mom and just entering into adulthood and trying to create healthy boundaries in different areas of my life. But since all of the things with social distancing and trying to keep everyone safe has happened, it's been a really important time for me to revisit the idea of boundaries. And it turns out this is something on a lot of people's minds because I was just looking through my podcast feed before I came on here. And one of my favorite podcasts by Danielle Bean, she has a great podcast called Girlfriends. And I'm going to write a note right now so I remember to link to it in the show notes. She also did a recent episode on the Girlfriends podcast about boundaries. So I did not realize that before I came down here to record because I am so behind on my favorite podcasts that I like to listen to. So I don't know how many of my thoughts are going to overlap with Danielle's, but if they do, hopefully that's just a sign that we're both uh, thinking the same things and hopefully the Holy Spirit is guiding this conversation more than me. But yeah, I think boundaries are just something that are really important. There is a fantastic book. Well, there, it's actually a series of books, but the original is just called Boundaries, and it's by Cloud and Townsend, and I will also link to that in the show notes so that you can find that book online. 
Um, basically, it's just a great book that helps to embolden you to set your own healthy limits, your own boundaries on what you will and won't do. Now, before all of the stuff with coronavirus happened, in the world of parenting, I had a moment that is helping to helping me as a visual, helping me to think about boundaries. So pre-coronavirus, I had a kiddo who, when they were in kindergarten, on the report card, there is a place that's that's marking whether or not your child is able to tie their own shoes. Why this is on a report card, I'm not really sure, but it was on there. (laughs) And um, when this child was in kindergarten, it was not a high priority for us. We had a lot going on at that point in our lives. We had a newborn. And so when the report card came home, and the teacher had marked that our child was not able to tie their own shoes, Philip and I looked at each other and we shrugged our shoulders and our kid was actually needing new shoes at the time. (laughs) And guess what we did? We did not order the lace-up shoes. We got them more Velcro shoes because I think we had a kid who was potty training and a newborn at the time. (laughs) So um, Velcro, Our kid not tying their shoes was not a top priority for us. And that is how I keep coming back to the idea of boundaries when it comes to parenting. I think it's the idea of the invisible report card, that someone puts a mark on my invisible report card and or my kid's invisible report card. And I, as the parent, have to think, okay, what are the battles that I think are worth adjusting in response to? What are the things that I think are worthy of adjusting my effort, my child's effort, or our behaviors, or whatever the thing is around the thing? And also, what are the battles that I'm willing to let them stay on the report card as they are? Because they're not a value to me. Tying the shoes was not a value to us at that time. It's not going to go on my kid's college transcript. Those are the kinds of things that they're going to figure out. Same thing with potty training. I have never been on anyone else's timeline except for my kids when they tell me that I'm ready. (laughs) In fact, we are very lazy potty trainers. We wait until the very last second because that is not something that I am willing to let go on for a really long time. So that's an aside. But think about the invisible report card for your kid. And what are the things that other people are marking your kid down for a grade on? And which one do you care about and you're willing to invest more effort in? And which ones are you going to just let go of and not care and let them stay on the report card as they are because it doesn't matter to you? Um, So I'm trying to keep that frame of mind as we go into distance learning at home. And I think several of my listeners are in the same boat. Some of you were already homeschooling, so you're making different adjustments in the time of coronavirus because either your co-op isn't meeting right now or you're not able to have your different get-togethers with other homeschooling families. Maybe your kids aren't able to do their lessons or that kind of thing. So regardless of how you were doing school before all of this, things are different for everyone right now. For us, since we're going from having kids in the nearby Catholic school and now we're coming home, right now I'm juggling 
um, four different school-aged kids. Dorothy's in preschool, so we're pretty much just reading a bunch of books, playing, doing a couple other things at the table. She likes to do school while we're doing school. But for the most part, we're just reading books and doing different crafts and cutting and that kind of thing. Jane, Walt, and Harry have different materials that have been sent home by each of their teachers, and we're supposed to send that work back to school. I am opting to do it electronically. Um, But we're doing distance learning. But with that, different schools are handling things in different ways. And I have had to talk with Philip about what we're comfortable with in terms of picking up or dropping off materials. And for us, we were not comfortable with going to the school and actually picking up physical materials or returning to the school to drop things off. And we have asked for scanned materials online whenever it's possible from the teachers, understanding that each of them will have varying degrees of experience with doing this. Not all of them are going to be able to do it right away. And so being patient with all of that, but also a willingness to come up with our own resources, our own ideas on lessons when a teacher is not able to do that. So with the um, with the idea of the invisible report card, you can feel pressure to do things. You can feel pressure to, this is the way the school is doing it, so either you get on board or you don't. And being comfortable with enforcing what you feel are your good and healthy boundaries. Something else, like maybe your kid's teacher has a certain organization system that makes sense to them in how the classroom works. As a former teacher, I totally get it. But when that you translate all of that into doing school at home and you are the teacher now, it's important that the organization system makes sense for you. It sounds like not a big deal, but when you're juggling three, four different teachers' expectations and each kid has a notebook for this and a folder for that and a binder for this, it gets to be really overwhelming really quickly. So for me, I decided, okay, kids, I know Mrs. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so had their own system, but now each of you is going to get your own binder. We're going to have a different separator for each subject, and that's where we're going to be putting all of our materials so that I know where everything is. Everyone has the same system, and that's it. (laughs) And it works great. Um, The other boundary that I've had to make is that I am totally okay with each day knowing that our kids are going to do as much as we reasonably can. Typically, we do school for two solid hours, but within that time, we take multiple breaks for snacks, for recess, for restroom breaks, water refill, whatever we need to do. And we end the school day by lunch every day. And I am, if I'm going to toot my own horn, I'm going to do it now. I am doing, I am really kicking butt with keeping it all in perspective because let's get real. This is one academic quarter in our kids' entire lives. We are in the middle of a pandemic. This is un precedented. It has not happened before. This is something that none of us had been prepared for, have prior experience with. So we're all figuring it out as we go. And in the grand scheme of things, one academic quarter 
we're all going to be just fine. So we, at at my house, we're reading a lot together. We're getting outside, but my priority is on my kids and their mental health right now. I cannot let us run ragged trying to keep up with whatever, every single little thing on the checklist that's coming home from school right now, because my job is to keep everyone sane. My job is to keep everyone healthy, rested, good nutrition, because if we're able to do that, we're going to be able to stay healthy in a much better way. So we're doing that. We're taking breaks. We're going to have reasonable expectations. And doing that, if I have my own organization system, and if I'm maintaining limits with, yes, teacher so-and-so, we will be able to meet what you think this child in your class needs to do. Great. But if I'm not able to do that, I'm going to let you know that. And if that teacher is not okay with that, I'm willing to accept whatever those consequences are. Fortunately, our kids' teachers have been very understanding of our boundaries of not wanting to come up to the school to exchange physical materials. And it has translated into more work on my end, but that's something that I'm willing to do because that's a boundary that we've created for our family. So I'm also... With that, having to communicate really clearly, this is my boundary, this is what I'm not willing to change on, and accepting the consequences of those. And then I have to choose the piece of upholding that limit instead of resentment or or compromising because of the discomfort that comes from knowing that you're disagreeing with someone. And Maybe the teacher has a solution that they can propose, or maybe you can propose another option. Maybe it's just one of you doesn't understand how you can make things easier for yourself. So that's an encouragement on the school front of things, just to, you're the teacher now, so you have to make it work for you and more importantly for your family. So try to keep those healthy boundaries in mind. Now, when it comes to other people outside of all the school and doing school at home stuff, you are maybe navigating some uncomfortable waters with family members or neighbors or friends, especially when it comes to social distancing. Maybe, for example, maybe you have a neighbor and your kids usually play together and your neighbor says that they want your kids to come over and play, but you decline because you don't want the kids to be together during social distancing. Or maybe there is a grandparent who wants to visit and you say that you can't because you don't want to expose them to potential germs. Or Maybe you went to a nearby lake like we did last weekend, and as you're on a trail, there's a young child who approaches your family and wants to pet your dog, and you ask them to please step back and say, nope, I'm sorry, not today, maybe another time, because you want to observe social distancing. And it just creates all kinds of really uncomfortable moments, but... Brene Brown, my favorite, she talks about the importance of choosing discomfort for a really short amount of time to preserve your integrity, to preserve your good and healthy boundary that you've decided upon ahead of time. And it applies here so much so because in all of those situations, you are choosing social distancing out of love. 
And so to just keep reminding yourself of what your boundary is and choose the initial discomfort in order to maintain whatever your boundary might be. The last um, thing with boundaries that I wanted to talk about tonight, and this is probably the most important one because I deal with this most day to day, and that is boundaries with kids. I think it is happening to a lot of my friends right now that boundaries are kind of going out the window because maybe you work outside the home and now you're at home full-time with kids and you're both figuring out your new normal and it's hard to figure out what your routine is going to be and boundaries might not even feel like they're there right now. So tonight I wanted to talk about boundaries with kids because if I'm passionate about anything during this coronavirus stuff, in addition to the social distancing and being hypervigilant about that, I'm going to be really hyper about boundaries with kids. So I think boundaries are not only good for kids, I think they are essential. They're essential for them and they are essential for you. So my experience right now, Philip is working full time as a pediatrician. Typically, before all of this stuff happened, I have an amazing babysitter who was coming over once a week for a couple of hours. She had, we have asked her no longer to come over since all of this started, since we're observing social distancing. So I no longer have that weekly break that I look forward to. And I still have that need for headspace. So I'm trying to be creative working with Philip to find those times during the day when I can have those breaks. So for me, If I'm not needing extra rest in the morning, it looks like exercise and prayer early in the morning without interruption. If I need the extra sleep, I tell Philip, I'm going to have some extra sleep today and I need you to let me get that rest without the kids interrupting. And then um, during the day, it looks like me making lunch by myself in the kitchen while the kids watch a show and Gloria is playing at my feet. In the afternoon, it looks like everyone having a nap or quiet time so that everyone has that break or rest. Um, I think the coronavirus time has definitely changed my lens and hopefully for the better. It's hopefully also helping to change the way my kids look at me. I think something that they're starting to learn with having this increased time together and in kind of a pressure cooker situation, they're starting to see that I, as their mother, mom is finite and mom needs everyone's help. The housework is not mom's work. It's our shared housework. They're starting to see the fruits of their efforts being a blessing. So when they help to maintain the tidiness around the house, we don't have to take nearly as long to clean up to get to the fun thing. When you're doing life together day in and day out, it's obvious when there is a family member or multiple family members who aren't doing their part to help maintain things. And it's also obvious when people are doing their part or they're going above and beyond and you feel their blessing. But when I was before all of this, at home full-time, the kids are gone at school, they don't necessarily 
see the fruits of their efforts or my efforts happening day in and day out. It's just kind of taken for granted that mom's going to do some stuff while I'm at school and I come home and I get to do my schoolwork. And I was also not expecting as much of them. But now we're in this together. We're together all day, every day, and we share much more of the responsibilities. And so they're seeing mom is not able to do it all. There are more people to feed. There are more clothes being needing to be washed, more dishes needing to be cleaned. And so we are enlisting everyone's help and they are seeing that they are valuable. They are needed. And mom is finite. Mom is not able to do it all. And when we work together, things go much better. The other thing that my kids are learning about me is that I am an imperfect person and I have real needs. And in my mind, that's a great thing for them to learn at an early age. Because if our kids are putting us on these unrealistic pedestals, it's going to be very difficult for them as they enter into puberty, adulthood to see, oh, man, my mom made this big mistake and she she is screwing up big time. I remember when I was growing up, when I started to have those moments with my own parents, how crushing it was. And I think it would have been really helpful for me to have more modeling of asking for forgiveness or saying, oh, I made a mistake or even admitting struggling with hard emotions. So I'm trying to do that right now with my kids. (laughs) I do it a lot, actually, with admitting when I'm feeling really impatient or if I'm feeling angry about something, or if I'm frustrated about something, or sharing if I'm really needing a break, or asking for forgiveness from a child when I've lost my temper, or I'm being impatient, or I'm acting like I don't have time to have a conversation, the need to ask for forgiveness for all of those things. And if I can teach them that I'm imperfect, and that I am a human being with real needs, they treat me that way. They treat me as a human being. They see more readily that they need breaks. And I'm starting to hear them using the language that I'm using. I have heard our son Walt more often say, I'm really angry right now, or I need a break, or... I need to go calm down. And how great is that? That my third grader is able to start to realize that and to process it out loud and to let the rest of us know what's going on inside of him instead of him just shutting down or losing his temper on all of us. So um, that has been a really, really helpful, lifelong changing thing in our family that We are seeing the importance of all of us as helpful members of our family, not in a utilitarian, everyone's useful kind of way, but that we rely on one another and also that we are all imperfect, parents included, and we all have real needs that we can help each other to meet. So if one of us needs a break, to help the other person to have a break, or if someone is really needing forgiveness to offer that to them so that we can move on with our day in reconciliation. 
So those are my thoughts on boundaries. I hope that that's helpful for you. Boundaries with school, just to maintain what you think is important for your family. It's one quarter of time. God willing, your your school is going to be as willing as ours has been to work with you, with your boundaries, and also with neighbors, friends, family, to remember that hopefully you're coming from a place of love and to establish those boundaries ahead of time so that when you're put into those situations, it's more easy for you to choose that initial discomfort and move forward. And then with your kids, remember that the boundaries, they're not only good for them, but they are essential for them and they are essential for you to move through this time in a good and healthy way. All right, enough of the serious stuff. I want to share some of my favorite things from this past week because we all could use a little glimmer of something wonderful out there. So um, first, I wanted to share some great books. I got to start reading Jane Austen's book, Persuasion, over the weekend, and it is so much fun. I have never read it before, and it is just... uh, She did not write that many books, so I feel like I've been kind of hoarding these books for a long time, waiting for the perfect moment. So if if a pandemic is not a perfect moment to get to read Jane Austen, I don't know when would be a better time, but it's been so much fun to read it so far. The one that I'm reading is an annotated version, so it has all of these maps, it has a timeline, it has a fantastic introduction talking about why persuasion is different from some of Jane Austen's other books. If you're a Jane Austen girl, I think you will love this one. I also purchased an audio version on Audible, and I'm pulling up my Audible account right now so that I can tell you which one. Okay, it's obviously Persuasion by Jane Austen, but the one that I have, it's narrated by Juliet Stevenson. And it's awesome. So highly recommend that. The other book that I've been reading, it's definitely not a fun topic, but I cannot think of a more helpful read right now. If you're looking for nonfiction, if you're maybe struggling with feeling like your thoughts get into this place of anxiety and stress in the midst of all of this, a fantastic book by Jennifer Shannon. It's called Don't Feed the Monkey Mind, How to Stop the Cycle of Anxiety, Fear, and Worry. Don't Feed the Monkey Mind, How to Stop the Cycle of Anxiety, Fear, and Worry. And that's by Jennifer Shannon. So I am probably 20% into it right now. It's not super long, but the whole idea is how you can shut down the cycle when you start to feel your anxiety ramping up. And it's, there are all different kinds of approaches in the world of therapy. This is cognitive behavioral therapy. So the idea that if you're able to control where your thoughts go, you're going to be able to control where your body, how your body responds and shut down the cycle from there. So I've really enjoyed that. Philip finished listening, listening to it on audio because he is a monster and he listens to things at two and a half speed. <laughs> he just does not understand that it's about the listening experience and enjoying the material instead of plowing through something. But that's for another episode. Um, but I highly recommend it. Don't feed the monkey mind. Okay, the second thing that I'm loving this week, in addition to books, 
Have your kids been trying to connect with their friends right now? And if your kids are like my kids, they're not old enough to have their own phones. So they're trying to get creative, getting on Skype or doing Zoom meetings with their classmates. It has been so adorable to watch them figure out how to use a phone, how to make a phone call, to have phone etiquette and keep in touch with their buddies and... I have just loved that. That has been one of my other favorite things. Um, Last thing, our sweet little girl Dorothy turned four over the weekend. And obviously we had nowhere to go. (laughs) So um, I just loved, it was such a great reminder to me that her being a four-year-old, she is so sheltered from all the things that are happening in the world that she had no real understanding of what was going on. And she was so tickled just to have our whole family hanging out at home, not going anywhere, no agenda. So what did we do? We did manicures and pedicures at the kitchen table and Dorothy painted my nails and I have left them on in all of their awesome glittery shimmery glory because I'm not going anywhere and it makes her so happy to look at my fingers since we've done that. And I have to admit like it it shouldn't have been as hard as it was for me to initially agree to it, but coronavirus is helping me to let go of all of it. And I love looking at my imperfect manicure knowing how happy it made Dorothy. So that was pretty cool. And when I asked her what kind of a birthday cake she wanted, she said that she wanted lemon cake. And I thought that that was so poetic. You know, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Well, Dorothy decided she wanted lemon cake. Um, So we made lemon cupcakes and it was simple and it was a great day and we had a nice time. So Happy birthday to my sweet girl, Dorothy. You make our family so cheery, and I love how much you love just playing and being together with everyone. So Dorothy is my third favorite thing for this week. That's all that I've got for now. I'd love to hear how you and your family are doing, what your favorite resources are, things that you've been up to, the things that are helping to bring joy to your family get in touch. You can email me at podcast at katherineboucher.com or find me on Facebook or Instagram or my favorite, send me a voicemail on Voxer. That's the free walkie talkie app. Also, thank you for sharing the show with your friends. Our community keeps growing and growing and the best way for it to keep doing that is for you to keep sharing the show with someone who hasn't heard of it yet. So thank you for doing that. If you hear Monty whimpering in the background, it's because his love tank is not being filled and I'm not petting him right now, but I will be praying for all of you until next week. And I know that I'm going to have to keep returning to the prayer of God, you are God and I am not. And we're entering toward Holy Week. Palm Sunday is Palm Sunday. So we're almost there. Be gentle with yourself. If Lent didn't quite go how you hoped it would, I think all of us were kind of thrown a curveball this year. But it's not too late. Just keep asking for some graces 
and most importantly, just ask for God to keep showing us how much He loves us, and He won't be outdone in generosity. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding. Oh, Monty, should we go upstairs?